0: Oh yeah, the Bombshell Billy Show, the pilot episode. That's right, we are going to talk about a whole lot of wrestling here today, the inaugural episode of the Bombshell Billy Show. I am, of course, Bombshell Billy, and I got the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Ron Sicoria. Ronnie. Oh,
1: White. Thank you, Billy. for that lovely introduction? Yes, it's Ron Sicoria, a.k.a. Ronnie White.
0: Ronnie senior White, official. senior official. <laughs> Ronnie White, that's right.
1: Senior right. I coined that myself. No forgot about your. Uh, I,
0: I forgot about your working name, there, buddy.
1: Yeah, I had a working name. I maybe. went with the
0: kayfabe name. Good thing this is only the pilot, and it'll never yeah, see the exactly. light of day. I
1: mean, maybe I'll go with working name. You never know. <laughs> I uh, dude, it's funny. I the older I get, the more I look like Tim White. I ever tell you the story? I met Tim
0: White, and he like he was
1: freaked nope. out. Like he he almost
0: wait tim up. white wait tim white's alive
1: yeah wait <laughs> oh tim white yeah that's his name right he was the referee yeah i so, thought he
0: didn't he die like 75 times in oh 45 god. different oh skills? yeah right
1: no he's alive again <laughs> he was reanimated
0: thank but god like
1: it was we were hanging it was one of those nights where you know you stalk the boys and you find them at the <laughs> at the hotel bar so we we're all drinking with them, and one of the guys like you look kind of like Timmy White. And then Timmy White is there. He's Timmy, come on over here. So I meet Timmy White. And he, like, almost gets tears in his eyes. And he's like, I looked exactly like you when I was your age. And this is like, my early 20s. And um, and I could kind of tell, like, yeah, you know what? He does. He does look kind of like me. And it, he was almost like he met, like, a family member. It was like we bonded.
0: That's awesome. And
1: uh, and that's when I, when, when I became a ref. I was like, you know what? I'm going to use – Ronnie White as my working name, and uh, and now that I'm approaching fifty, goddamn, if I don't look a lot like fucking Tim White.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. At least it wasn't at his bar, because then a fight would have broke out, and you know.
1: I forgot like, they did all those angles with him. Bunch of shit I think I was broken. That was a wacky time of, of RAW that I was sort of half tuned in and half tuned out. A lot of people look back at the Attitude Era with such fond memories. I was a little bit. I was half in like I was, like everybody else yeah. was all in with the attitude era. Yeah. I was half. I was, I was sort of half. in.
0: Do you regret being half in now?
1: Oh, totally. Like yeah, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, when you watch that Austin stuff and the rock stuff, you, you appreciate like once in a, in a lifetime performers at the same time. Yep. And say what, say what you want about Hunter, but he played his role well, but I mean, angle rock Austin michael's
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean are you are you kidding me undertaker
0: okay. yeah it's i can yeah i can beat your half in on that so <laughs> back when i um i moved out for the first time out of my parents house and i moved into um a trailer out in phoenix indian hill trailer park and i moved in with two of my band names band mates at the time um <laughs> their names ironically were stacy and shannon and they were both guys. Those were their names. But, you know, I could tell everybody, oh, I live with Stacey and Shannon. And they're like, oh, look yeah, at you. Look at you, Jack Tripper. And I'm like, no, they're guys. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, so Jack Tripper. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, but that was like the height of my getting out and, uh, you know.
1: Doing your own
0: thing? Uh, you know, going out. Yeah, going out, doing your own thing, going out. We're in a band together. We're, you know, go every Thursday night going to Lost Horizon, free drink night, coming home with different people if you know what i mean you know all that <laughs> yeah. stuff dude a real stacy and shannon that exactly that was in 1989 i wasn't half in i was a quarter in to wrestling back then and that was 89 when flair and funk and steamboat were having all their knockdown dragouts, and i was barely paying attention to it
1: wow 89 yeah. 89 was my peak because i lived in rochester and wcw just started in syndication in 89 the only time i ever saw wcw was at my buddy don rose's house who had a satellite so i'd spend the night at his house about once a month and we'd watch grainy satellite you know luger flare or you know uh 88 stuff so then 89 comes around it's on syndication and so i was all in on muda
0: Nice. And yeah.
1: funk and flair. I, mean,
0: I watched it, but I was like, eh, I'm going to go get a girl. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. which is normal, but it's like now as like, I, obviously, you know, the huge wrestling fan, I'm like, the hell was I thinking? You know, I, I think that,
1: I think that gaps having gaps is actually nice because you can go back. I mean, the current product has so many issues that you, when you have gaps, you can go back and fill them in and really be, it, it's awesome. Cause I, Oh my God, I've never seen this before. Exactly. And it's great. As long as you don't go back to like 93, 94 WWF, cause that should never be gone back to. Right.
0: right. Um, so let's talk just a couple couple minutes let's uh, talk about some stuff we're gonna be doing uh, whether this will actually air up on as a podcast as a pilot well who knows we're, we're, we're doing all right but let's talk about some things we're gonna talk about coming up on our little idea here the Bombshell Billy show uh, we're gonna talk a lot about wrestling we're gonna talk about um, we're gonna talk about the happenings this week in wrestling history why not because there's a lot of things that have happened in the what? years decades and decades of wrestling there's got to be some there's got to be some stuff every week that we can talk about with that
1: everything well i mean we're, we're old now so yes things that feel like they were five years ago were indeed 20 years ago
0: absolutely so. <laughs> also, also even though we're old you you know they say you learn something new every day that's another thing we're going to talk about each episode we're going to talk about something new we learned in or about wrestling?
1: Yeah, that's what's so fun about this era is that the 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 need for nostalgia. I mean, somebody said you told me the other day the average age for the AEW watcher is forty seven years old, and wow. for WWE, WWE it's even older. Right? Mm-hmm. So we're we've lost a generation, and maybe maybe we've lost two generations.
0: Um, so the Average age, Ronnie, for WWE is older than forty seven. Yeah. Yet they're setting fire to people and doing all this. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't understand.
1: I'm not sure. It's the old audience of one. I hate to say it, you know, but I I don't know who's calling the shots over there. He's surrounded himself with, you know, the same old cronies. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean. I enjoyed Bruce Pritchard's podcast. I wish him nothing but the best. Um,
0: Somebody needs to wish him the best in his future endeavors as far as (laughs) WWE goes. Yeah. Just come back to do podcasting. That way you can go back to being gritty and awesome on your podcast and not doing what you're doing to WWE.
1: Yeah, and I can tell you right now, before be forewarned. There's going to be a lot of bitching
0: about WWE on the
1: show, but there's also going to be bitching about AEW. I'm not one of those I I love AEW, and I love that there's there's young guys calling the shots, and they're forward-thinking, and they do a lot of stuff that's out of the box, but I will also point out that not a lot of it works. Yep. And, uh, I, you know, one thing that kind of popped out to me this week is the only people whose storylines are really featured and really make sense are the are the guys who are... You know, on the on the letterhead, uh, you know, the Bucks, the Omega, Cody and yeah. then everything else. It's just sort of weird and like, you know, Murder Hawk is a he's a baby face. And oh, OK, he didn't really do a turn, but he became a baby face a couple months ago. And now he's after Sting, which makes him a heel without any sort of, you know,
0: no explanation. reason why at
1: no. all. And, right. and not to mention you're it. So we got Sting. All right. We're, everybody made a big deal out of it. He's 62 years old last week. Yep. Happy birthday Sting. So one of the first things they do is they put him in with Brian Cage first. Now they're putting him in with the other monster. And I just don't see that as believable. There's a hundred guys and that he could, he could be, you know, be married to be, be paired with. And it would, it would be believable, you know, put him in there with the, Matt Hardy. I don't know. Feud him with somebody you believe he could stand toe to toe with. Right. But don't feud him with you. I mean, think of that match. You're going to be watching that whole match, hoping Sting doesn't die.
0: Right. Yep. And if the and if the idea is for Sting to come in and quote put the young guys over, that's it's a it's a waste. What is, what is the what does he get
1: from beating a sixty two year old sting? Right. Nothing. Right. And you know, I can, The only thing worse is that he has to, if he has to lose to a sixty two year old sting.
0: Yep. Yep. So it's they, a weird they, situation they've, they've put themselves into. Yeah. And well, go ahead, buddy. I was just going to. I was just going to say thank God that we have these things that we just critiqued a little bit. Then we also have. Fantasy matchups that we can also talk about. We can talk. We can take the good of today's wrestling. Who would Murder Hawk? Who would he have been good to square up against from back in the day? It's a good question. I I think he's he's like a, he's a hard hitter.
1: Um, I think I would have liked to seen him like go toe to toe with Vader. Um, I think one. they would, I think they would knock the crap out of each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yet they both can do, you know, moonsaults. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they would just be like, yeah, do the moonsault. Hopefully you don't land too painfully on me, <laughs> you know? Right, right. And, and they just, they would just let it all hang out. Cause they they both have that Japan experience, that sort of strong style, believable big man stuff and i'm not usually a huge fan of big man versus big man matches but there's one i'd like to see
0: imagine this the revival and i know they're not called the revival anymore but for right now we're gonna call them the revival okay against the rockers
1: oh boom well that that brings me back to that was my favorite first of all i was a big rockers fan obviously and uh who wasn't, and uh, their feud with the Brain Busters started on Superstars. Match never really got started. They just brawled all over the place and was a double count out. Then from there, they hit Madison Square Garden, you know, on the MSG Network, they did at least 2 matchups on Saturday Night's Main Event, and they just tore the house down. And there's at least five or six great Rockers Brain Busters matches, easily available, uh, you know, at your fingertips most likely on the network or YouTube. And FTR is just, you know, not to say they're a better version of the Brain Busters, but let's be honest, they're a better version of the Brain Busters. They, They do cooler moves. They you know they've got the swagger the brainbusters I mean it's such an homage to Tully and Arn their whole act yet they make it their own and they're believable I mean uh who's the bald one I get him confused Uh
0: I think that's I Dax. Don't know. I, get, I get I think it's, it's Dax? Dax. I think it is I think it's Dax I think it's Dax it's and Dax? I get confused over their names when they were in WWE compared to their names now
1: Yeah it's like wax the hardwood Wax. Wax hard wax hardwoods. I can't remember. But cash it in. in. I cash it in, wax. I think it's wax hardwoods. But but he 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 does that quick headbutt, quick elbow drop, and then there's a third quick move, might be a fist drop or something. But you're like BAM, bam, bam. And it's so rad and it's so cool. And he's sweating Mm -hmm. and he's angry and he's just they're they're so old school yet updated that um yeah they're one of my favorite acts in modern wrestling
0: real real quick talking about them and talking about the modern wrestling you know we were talking about the fantasy matchup and that would be a good one we're going to talk about many many more and we want other people to talk about it with us too we're going to have other people jump in i got tons of i got tons of uh you know friends in in our inner circle of inside wrestling talk we can have on talking with come on and talk with us here um but just real quick, what a waste, what a waste of a great opportunity, FTR and the Young Bucks. What a complete waste of a money-making feud, if you want to call it a money-making. But just they could have stretched that out so long, and it lasted one match.
1: <laughs> it, was a, it was definitely an odd decision, but I, I'm not going to say that AEW's made it. Made a few odd uh, decisions. I think they've been their own worst enemy with sort of these dropped things. Um, I even that. Yeah, that could, go ahead. That, that yeah, you're absolutely right. That could have lasted two, three, four, five, six months, a year at least, because that was this is this is years in the making. They were they were tweeting at each other four years ago. So he yeah, had to come in and do one match and blow it off, and then FTR gets to go off and do a little program with the Jurassic express granted they, they won that program, but um, it definitely reeks of a, of a cooling off of them when they didn't need to cool them off. And hopefully they're going to heat them up again. Now with the pinnacle versus inner circle feud, they'll be able to work with Santana and Ortiz who now will be freshened up because they are now baby faces. Right, exactly. um, so those matches will be great, but I think, Again, being on the letterhead and putting the belts on yourself, I don't know that um I don't know that I love that. I think that FTR is known as the greatest tag team in wrestling and they should probably be the champs. Especially now that they've got you gotta have some gold in that pinnacle group. Absolutely. And um, I think maybe maybe Don Callis screws them now that you know, maybe they do an FTR versus Bucks match, make it a main event on one of these sort of in your house style uh, versions of dynamite that they seem to do every couple months, which is very cool. And, uh, and just have FTR beat the box, Don Cal screwed them over. And then the box can feud with, uh, the, the, uh, talking shop of mania guys, whatever the heck they're called. The,
0: uh, the good brothers, the good brothers. Thank the good you. Brothers. Yeah. The only, yeah. The only time I saw, um, that I can remember, uh, you know, um, an organization dropping the ball more on a potential money making feud, and you and, and Bruce Prichard can say and whatever he wants as far as why they didn't go that way. Hogan Flair, Hogan Flair when Flair came to WWF. I mean, they're it's the, the most textbook example that you could think of. It is it's
1: so bizarre, and the 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 explanation nowadays for it is completely. Oh, they didn't really draw houses when they went around the horn. It's it's Hogan flair. Right. Like, you know, it didn't draw houses because...
0: Not giving wrestling fans enough credit.
1: Yeah. Didn't draw because it was 1992. Nothing was going to draw, but you could have made fans happy. Right. Um, and that was years in the making. Years in the making. And to, if you had something awesome to pivot to, that would be great. But they pivoted to an out-of-shape savage... Yep. You know, uh, fresh off a little mini retirement and, and against Flair and yep. Hogan Sid, which on paper, nobody thinks is going to be good.
0: Nope. And it wasn't. I was never I was never a Sid fan ever. I just I could never get into him. I don't know.
1: I marked out for his look. I got to say he had a great um, look.
0: Yeah, great look. But, I mean it was crazy look. As they but, say, then the bell rang. You know? <laughs> then
1: the bell rang. Right. I mean it starts with for me a lot of times it starts with your punches. I hate to get too much in <laughs> too much in the weeds with, with the inside baseball, but his punches were terrible. Yep. And what is what is what is every you know at some point it pretty much right off the bat, the smash starts with punches and he throws these crappy sort of underhanded to the neck. <laughs> yeah. punch,
0: very stiff, and not like stiff like really laying no, him in, but like good. stiff like his body was almost stiff, kind of like when he – it was just weird. Just ask Jim Cornette. Ask,
1: there's a million guys to show you how to work.
0: The actual – The actual absolute 1,000% complete opposite of a Bobby Eaton punch. Yes, <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, yeah, the exact opposite of Bobby. Eaton. And I mean, we both worked at, worked you know, indies a little bit with, with commentary or reffing or whatever. Right. Every guy backstage knew how to work, throw a working punch. Yeah. Josh threw, Josh threw a great working punch on me my first yep. day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, like, so there's really no excuse for, for bad punches. Um, and that goes for Lex Luger too while I'm at it, who I have a whole rant about anyways, because I do believe he belongs in the Hall of Fame. But, uh, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, might as well, I'm, I'm, uh, Mick Foley this week did a big long entry on his social media, lobbying for Lex Luger for the Hall of Fame, and he he laid it out and pretty much verbatim my argument for the last few years. He had a great '88, a great '89. He was so over as a babyface. I mean, he he kept losing or finding a way to not win the title from Flair, and they they couldn't really pivot to anybody else so i mean he's like five pay-per-views deep not beating flair and people are still cheering for him mm-hmm. who you know that shows how over he was is that and i really think they should have went with him when sting was supposed to beat flair for the title sting went down with that that bad knee injury so they turned luger back face again they always fell back on Luger. say what you want about him yep and uh and he had more great matches with flair and i really thought they should have went with him i believe that was early 90
0: that was flair's decision uh, wasn't it yeah he he promised it to sting so he said no
1: so i'll I'll only drop it to Sting,
0: and unfortunately
1: um yeah i I believe they probably should have went with luger there in the early 90 and then you know then his career kind of tail off and then he made that big comeback again so I mean, he had that big run in WCW during the Nitro days. So I thought his career was over after the failed Lex Express tour um, and that whole run I in was the there. WWF.
0: I was there yeah. at two stops at the Lex Express tour. <laughs> you were you were there. Shopping Town Mall. Me and Mark Stagnita, Shopping Town Mall. And hold on. Right up the street, literally right up the street from Shopping Town Mall at Arby's. <laughs> Parking a lot of Arby's. The Lex Express
1: tour stopped at a Syracuse Arby's.
0: And what's funny is, he, just to show, and I know that you made a point and talked about Mick Foley making his points, and they and they they they're, they make sense. But just to speak uh, at the the character of Lex Luger, well, not the, the not his character, but the character of his of the human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, he. He's on this big baby face tour, giving him a tour bus and like a presidential campaign, the Lex Express. And he gets there and they get in the Arby's parking lot. And, and here he comes and and he won't come off the bus because everybody's oh everybody's gathered around the bus. And he s- sent somebody out to say everybody needs to get away from the bus and line up in an orderly fashion or he's not coming off. Now, if that out. wasn't if that wasn't a heel move, I don't know what was. And Mark and I are like, "Isn't he
1: supposed yeah, what's to be a
0: good guy?" Like, yeah,
1: right. Was... Get the cameras out and, and it, let's get some footage of it. Well, that's what happened. So he everything.
0: came out and he looked all PO'd And then the then they're filming. Then there's a guy with a camera, and all of a sudden, we the smile came out. Oh, hands come up, slapping hands at everybody. I'm just like, "Wow, what a dink."
1: Yeah, anybody anybody <laughs> that worked with with Luger in those days does indeed hate him and there's the stories of how he had somebody peel his shrimp for him and all that oh, yeah. i think it, it comes down to he was he was sort of uh, just socially uh, a little socially awkward with, with people and he wasn't a big drinker in the bars and that's if you don't if you don't hang out in the bar and get drunk with everybody then you're not a part of the team right. unfortunately in those days um which is unfortunate but true and uh, and he was a jerk and I think that that colors everybody's opinion of him if you ever listen to Jim Ross's podcast Jim Ross talks of Luger as if he were the ultimate warrior just some muscle head that could barely work and mm-hmm. couldn't carry the torch and and it's it's completely colored by his opinion of who Lex was as a person back then because if you look back at the great match, and it's not just he had great matches with flair when he turned heel on Ricky Steamboat that was a hot program until Steamboat abruptly left, and then you've got Luger as a heel, and they they tried to bring in Tommy Rich, which was obviously a terrible idea. But then he he had great matches with a uh, babyface Pillman, and one of Pillman's first uh, singles programs, and those matches were great. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then and then you know obviously the Stan Hansen program, and he had a, he had a great run there in 89 eighty nine, ninety, ninety one.
0: Uh, I just want to jump in real quick and tell you that I, we're good buddies. We've known each other a long, long time, but I will not, and I repeat will not, on a show that's my namesake, let you disparage <coughs> the good goddamn name of Tommy Wildfire Rich. How <laughs> oh. dare you? <laughs> uh,
1: I, I, I'm. I'm sorry, Someone say I will, something
0: about getting fired up. I'm fired I'll, up.
1: I'll amend <laughs> my opinion of... Um, just speaking of my opinion on the 1990... 89. Right. I'll uh, give you Tommy Rich.
0: Do not, in, yeah. do not go into the early 80s of Tommy Wildfire Rich. Stepping, stepping stepping into a program
1: that was meant for Ricky Steamboat, it just it didn't, it wasn't no, a good look.
0: That's the it former N- that's the former NWA World Champion you're talking about.
1: I know he, that that that, that, for hair, five that haircut days. was bad. For five that haircut, days. <laughs> yeah, for five days. Hey, still still a champ.
0: It's still still in the record books.
1: You got to use the you have the Jack Swagger. Uh, <laughs> Rain, Jack
0: uh, Another thing we're going to be talking about on the uh, on the show is a little segment we're calling "Rubbing Elbows," and that's exactly what it is: rubbing elbows with the big dogs, with the most important people that we've met. We're going to tell stories about because not only just wrestlers, we've met tons of wrestlers, but we've met other famous people and celebrities, and um, we're going to tell our stories, our experiences about meeting um just famous people celebrities why not and then uh that's a specific segment where we can bring other people in that have good stories about meeting famous people um entertaining stories things that'll entertain people listening to it so
1: yeah it is funny where we sort of kick around that idea of doing that segment to think of i think it goes partially with that we're, we're on the fringe of the business right we're also on the fringe of the music business um and, and and stars are more accessible than you think. If you if you find out where they're having drinks after the show and yep. go there, you end up talking to them.
0: Um, if you're respectful like, and you're not a dink, yes, you're you're gonna they get. They're like gonna go fans. Fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, they like meeting fans, and we ended up having some really cool conversations over the years. That you know, one of the cool ones I can think of right now is at the height of the Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels backstage heat. Um, I got to talk to Brett for, you know, 15, 20 minutes at a bar and I came right at him with the Sean questions and he answered them truthfully. And I was totally on the Sean train at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was very respectful and cool and he would never would have known that because I didn't want to get my ass kicked. But he actually told me some reasons why he didn't think Sean was was great he kind of dirted sean in a couple of ways which are kind of interesting like he bagged on his uh he had he had the sort of like victory roll move he did the sort of like a hurricane rana and and he was sort of bagging on some of sean's moves take too much cooperation and they don't look real um which was a valid critique at the time um but just having a cool conversation like that with Bret hart as a young 20 you know year old dude um that was very cool so there's one i can think of at the top of my head
0: nice very very cool i'm not gonna this i'm not gonna um let out any of mine right now i'm gonna save it for future times uh but there's just a ton of stuff we're wrestling fans to the core um good bad or indifferent uh i'm a wrestling mark plain and simple. I've been a wrestling fan since I'm 10 years old. And on um, our next episode, which since this is the quote pilot, will uh, on our very first episode, I am going to tell uh, the story of my very first, my very first um, experience with professional wrestling. I will tell you how uh, I actually got into wrestling. It's a little story about my dad. So Ooh. Yeah, man. My dad you're, got wait, me into you're saving, wrestling.
1: You're saving that? You're not telling that yet?
0: <clears throat> I'm saving it.
1: Okay. I guess I'll save mine. Mine's not But mine's not really super emotional or anything. I actually, I'll, I'll give mine away now. Flipping through the channels, and I see Ray the Crippler Stevens pile driving Jimmy Snooker repeatedly oh, on a concrete floor. I remember it. And I'm like, what the hell am I watching? I was half scared freaked out, but completely enthralled as a bloody Jimmy Snuka rides on a dirty concrete floor. And, uh, yeah, I was hooked. Who, who wouldn't be hooked after that, right?
0: So now I'm going to tell mine only because it is so similar wow. to yours. So I similar. Wait. I wake up. I wake up. I walk into the room, and my dad's watching midnight, you know, wrestling. At midnight. <laughs> used to come on. And literally the very first wrestling match I ever laid my eyes on was student versus teacher, Bruno San Martino versus Larry Zabisco. Wow. And I walk in and um and my dad starts telling me, he goes, Oh yeah, they're uh he he trained him. He he's you know he's his uh He's his, you know, his coach, his mentor, he, he taught him this and that, and he looks up to him, and, and they're watching it and watching it, and then finally gets to the part where Larry suckers Bruno coming into the ring, and then he gets the chair, and he lays into him with the chair, and then Bruno starts gushing blood all over, and I'm just like, I thought they were friends, and I you you used the word enthralled and that's the word I would have used and I will yeah. I was completely enthralled and like already into the 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 story of wrestling and I'm like wait a minute what and I I, I fell in love my first love there it was right there there it oh, was my first love right there in January of 1980 I believe well, we tuned in
1: at the right time because, yeah, it's right around the same time. But yeah,
0: might have been a little bit
1: before, because you're a couple years older. Than me. Yeah, so this was go. this
0: mine was a little bit before um, Stevens and Snucka, but not too much. You know what? Next time we'll actually get we'll we'll clarify on the years on that, and we'll we'll get the 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 exact because uh, I got those books and I can actually pull it up. I got the the history of WWF wrestling, and I can pull up what happened on those. You know the tapings or whatever so happens, so, this is going to be fun ronnie this is going to be a lot of fun we 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 have a we have a uh, a group text me you and uh uh ali and we just sit there and just shoot the shit and talk wrestling all the time and we're just <laughs> like you know what? let's do a podcast why not we'll talk about it <laughs> and you're yeah, like right. you're like i'm sick of talking about wrestling to myself <laughs> i get way to talk to him on <laughs> it, so. i like it <laughs>
1: Yeah, my, my wife, for, for some reason, doesn't want to hear my elect Luger for the Hall of Fame
0: rant. <laughs> Go
1: figure. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, this is, is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it.
0: So we're going to do this, uh, we're, we're we're calling it once a week. We'll do it once a week. Try to do it once a week. Uh, our schedules are, are busy, busy. We're working boys, but... Uh... Uh, we're gonna get it we're, there. We're, we're gonna, gonna make some... time for this. It's fun. Absolutely, we're gonna get some other people on here with us and share some stories and stuff. Um... Oh, there's the music. Uh, it's been fun. We we talked for a half hour. Who the hell knew? It seems like it was ten minutes, but we talked a lot about a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot more to come. Uh, fantasy matchups. Uh, we're we'll talking about the here and now stuff. We're gonna talk about a lot. Of old school wrestling. A lot, Ronnie, because that's our forte. That's that's our that's our that's our jam right there, old school stuff.
1: Encyclopedic knowledge,
0: unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> yes. I can't remember what I ate for lunch yesterday, but I can tell you the wrestling facts. Like like Yeah. Enough. I can tell you that Van Hammer used the slingshot suplex as his finish. Yeah, right, and we're gonna finish that with the Van Hammer talk. All right. <laughs> Alright.